Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. It's been several days since I've done one of these, um, but I'm back and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to uh, get moving forward on the next episode here. So the last time, and this one got more plays than any other, I talked about three things that are uh, important to me, and uh, that one was the most popular podcast I've done so far, so if you want to go back and uh, look at that, I suggest you, or listen to that, I suggest you do so. Um, today, I'm going to be getting back into the study of Bible verses for this uh, episode, and we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. Now, when we look at Proverbs 1-7, the first thing I'm going to do is uh, read the verse, and then we will get into it, and I'm, I'm reading this time out of the New International Version, the NIV. Proverbs 1-7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'll read that one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me tune my do not disturb on here so that we don't get any extra noises that we don't want to, uh, that we, so we won't get interruptions here. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, the fear here that is being discussed is n not like, <coughs> excuse me, it's not like, oh my gosh, God's going to get me. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and where you're living um, in constant fear that, you know, li like the idea that, oh, uh, you know, I did one thing I wasn't supposed to do. Now God's waiting, God's waiting in heaven with a lightning bolt to throw and strike me down for, uh, for, for slipping up. That's not the kind of fear that's talked about here. The Hebrew word for fear uh, defined as referring to a reverence and piety for the Lord. And so I looked up uh, reverence in the dictionary and uh, I googled it. And it describes reverence as deep respect for someone or something. So the, in the kind of... Uh, that's, uh, you know, a deep respect for God, a deep respect for what he's able to do. Um, for example, if I'm, I was trying to think of a good way to describe this, and I think I've got one. I'm not afraid of electricity. In fact, we often need it to function in our modern society. I don't. When I when I, when a light bulb comes on, I don't go, oh gosh, oh I'm scared, oh no I see a light bulb, oh no, you know it's it's a necessary thing, but I also have a respect for electricity, so I'm not gonna go stick a penny in a light socket. 
um, I need water to survive. But I also have a healthy respect for water, knowing that if I submerge myself under it for a long enough time, it could kill me. So there's a certain reverence we are to have for God and a certain uh, deep respect that we have for God. And, um, you know, we can respect God for his character, his holiness, and the fact that he is perfect and that he has no darkness or sin or moral deficiencies in his character. We can respect God for his vastness, the fact that he is everywhere at all times. He is omnipresent. There is nowhere you can go where God is not. He is literally everywhere in the universe. And he transcends the universe. He is not the universe. He transcends it and he is everywhere in it. And, again, like I already said, there's a respect for his, uh, his power. The fact that he upholds all things by the word of his power. And, again, we respect his justice. Again, meaning, you know, I'm not trembling before a God because I have repented of my sins and trusted in Him for the forgiveness of those sins through His Son, Jesus Christ. But it's also a good idea to, you know, this is a very key understanding. I'm trying to strike the right balance of explaining it. Because As children of God, when when we accept, before you become a Christian, before you accept Jesus as your Savior, you are God's creature. You're not His child, according to John 1.12. After you become His child through Christ, you no longer need to fear Him in the sense of a trembling, shaking, God's going to get me kind of thing. But you still have a respect for him and that you honor him. Matter of fact, that gets into the next part of this definition of fear in the Hebrew. It's reverence and piety. So if you look up piety, in the, uh, if you Google that in the dictionary, um, it is, hang on, that's not... Uh, that's not the one I was looking for. Um, give me one second here. This is not the particular thing that I was expecting to pull up. Hang on. Okay, to be pious towards someone is, uh, or to have piety towards someone, is to have a a duty bound kind of uh, to be devoted to them. So, the fear of the Lord, then, to have reverence means to have respect for, and 
also to have a duty toward them. So it's to have respect toward Yahweh and a sense of duty toward obeying Yahweh. And why would we have that? Well, number one, without Him we wouldn't exist. Number two, without the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, we would all be doomed to hell for eternity. So, there is ample, those are just the two things off the top of my head of why we should have reverence and piety toward Yahweh, which is the proper name for God. And I'll get into that again more eventually as I'm watching the cats over here apparently trying to get a bee that's outside the window. <laughs> it's funny to watch. Um, but anyway... Um, so, that is what the fear talking about there is that it's a, rever a reverential and a pious fear of God, not necessarily of, I'm trembling before you and oh my gosh, I'm scared. Now, that I say that, I should also say that if you are an unbeliever, if you are someone that has not repented of your sins and trusted in Christ alone, to, and you're not relying on Christ's sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins alone, then you do have reason to be fearful of God in the way that we would tend to think of it. There is reason to fear. Jesus said, don't fear those that can kill the body, but fear him who can cast soul and body into hell. Um, so, there is reason to be fearful of God if you are not repentant toward him and in a sense of you being repentant of your sins and you're not trusting in Christ alone for salvation, then you have every reason to be fearful. Such as that uh, the title of that sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And so there is... So there is reason to be fearful of God in that context if you are not living in obedience to him uh that that uh the title of that sermon uh, sinners in the hands of an angry god was given by uh, a preacher named jonathan edwards back in 1741 i think it was and it has lived on for almost 300 years as far as its uh, fame and how well known that it is and for good reason because unrepentant sinners, as we will see as we continue on with this study, they do have reason to fear in, again, the the context that we usually use the word fear. But the believer who has been forgiven of his sin is still to fear God in a different way because the relationship has changed. Or to be better stated, the relationship has been restored to its original purpose. And so, there's, um, there's a big difference there. And, uh, but, but this is not just reverence and piety for some generic deity that is unspecific or undefined, as if this could refer to anything that is worshipped. Instead, Proverbs 1-7 makes it clear to whom it is regarding. The one to be feared in reverence and piety is Yahweh, the God of Israel, 
when it talks about the fear of the Lord, here the, the word Lord, capital L-O-R-D, in your English Bible, whenever you see it translated like that, that is for the proper name of God, which is Yahweh. Um, Yahweh is the proper name of the one true God. The Jewish people consider the name of God to be so holy that the actual spelling of this name, Y-H-W-H, is unpronounceable. That is why the vowels were added, to make God's name pronounceable and understandable. So, and again, it's so, um, the name of God is considered so holy that the Jewish people, even to this day, won't use the proper name of God, Yahweh, because they consider it to be too holy for sinful humanity to pronounce. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, where was I at here? There was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, um, Knowledge and use of the name Yahweh implies a personal or covenant relationship with him. If, if you look at uh, some Bibles like the Orthodox uh, Jewish Bible, or the, the Tree of Life Bible is a, is, is a good example of this. Uh, well, actually, I don't, know if, I don't know if they do it or not, but if, if you look at, uh, like during some Messianic Jewish services, when it comes to typing out the word God, um, even though God is not the proper name of Yahweh, it's more of a, of a title or a, a description. Uh, it's kind of like if you were to say human to me, well, that's what I am. Yahweh is God, but God is not his name, if that makes sense. Um Yahweh is the one true God, but God is not Yahweh's name. I hope I explained that correctly. But if you even look at when, like a Messianic Jewish or any other Jewish writing, a lot of times they will put G-D for God and won't even, won't even type out or write out the word God, which is very interesting. But uh, going back to my point here is that knowledge and use of the name Yahweh implies a personal or covenant relationship with him. So if you're going to use his name, his proper name, it's a good idea to have a personal relationship with him. And I think that's part of the thing that gets lost is in, um, no, I, I consider myself, I guess, an, an evangelical Christian, but... I think sometimes we've lost the, well, we've lost a lot of things, if uh, events of the last few weeks would, would say anything, but one of the things that we seem to have lost is that reverential fear and respect for God, and that can be one of the places that is clearly seen is in how flippantly his name can be thrown around. Uh, not even so much always in a bad way, as just, uh, no, I guess it's like some people with their parents. 
most people, now there are exceptions, but most people would not, you know, if your mom's name is Tina, you're not going to say, hey, Tina, what's up? How's it going, Tina? Or even when you're talking to a friend or another person about your mom, you wouldn't say, yeah, I went to Tina's house today. No, because you respect your mom and you would want to use their name in a proper, respectful way that demonstrates your respect for who that person is to you. And it would be a similar thing here with, uh, with, with God being that... Um, you have that respect for him that you are not going to use his name in a flippant manner or it's not to say we can't have a sense of humor or we can't have we can't joke around that's another thing most, most christians have lost is a sense of humor you dare crack a joke and somebody thinks you're being you know sinful in some way but um still we need to be mindful of and have a proper respect for God's name, especially the name of Yahweh. You know, God is one thing, and you know, people will make a big deal about uh, blasphemy, like saying God, and then the D word after that. I'm not going to say it, but and I'm not saying we should do that and go. You know, we should just start using that. I'm not saying that. Um. But the proper name of God is Yahweh. And I think that that is important that we keep that in mind and that we treat his name. When, when, well, just even when we, speak at, when we speak of him in general, we should be respectful toward him, even if we're not using the name Yahweh. And I think that's where, like, the blasphemy things, like the example I gave earlier, is still important, even though technically God's name isn't God. Um, it's still important that we, when we talk about Him, even if we're just using pronouns, to talk about Him and to keep that respectful. And I think if we just, if we focused on doing that, that's part of what Jesus said of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's part of that commandment is to love him. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. Part of loving him is to have that respect toward him. And I think if we could just, for example, just have this one example of, of of this where where we do this if we focused on it i think it would increase our respect for god in other areas of life even more so and i think it would make a difference in all of our relationships with god both individually and collectively put simply one who does not have a personal and contract or covenant relationship with God is not qualified to use his holy name. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. 
I think, you know, if you think that's overstating it or an exaggeration, then I challenge you to really focus on and think about the holiness of God and everything that he is, not just to you, but everything that he is on his own. Really do a study of that and really take some time to meditate on it and think about it because I think it will change your your relationship toward him and with him. The meaning of the word Yahweh pictures the God of the Bible to whom the name belongs as the one who eternally exists and causes all other things to survive. That's why in Exodus 3, you know, when God reveals his name, he says, I am that I am. I am. He is the eternally existent one. We could ponder that for the rest of our lives and not grasp it fully. We could we could ponder that for eternity, and I imagine we will, and still not be able to fully grasp it. That is how etern that is the essence of eternity. So when God says I am, that is a um that's a good way you know that the i am that eternal nature so that's why even saying i am i am this i am that you know well you're made in god's image so when you say i am every time you say i am steve i am uh whatever you know i i am this i am that that's why you should never say like i am stupid you're made in God's image. So, treat that with respect. Treat, you know, you are not God. You are not the God of the universe. But you are made in His image. You are made in His likeness. And that is worthy of respect. That's why all people have dignity. That's why every human life has dignity. And why the innocent person should not be killed. So that's the, the, when it says the fear of the Lord, that's the one we're talking about. It's not the fear of the generic God and whatever your belief is in a deity. It's not the fear of a deity is the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of a specific God. No, I don't fear the God of Islam. I don't have a reverential respect for him or his false prophet Muhammad or anything else. I don't have a respect for that and I never will. But we all, all humans are to respect the one true God of the Bible, the God of Israel, the God of the Old and New Testaments, which would be Yahweh. So, continuing on with the study of the words in this verse, then, it is the reverence and piety toward Yahweh, the God of Israel, the one true God who eternally exists and is responsible for the existence of all things, that is the beginning of real knowledge, understanding, and learning. So, 
if you want to have true... Now, there's a lot of people who are educated. That's not the same thing as being smart. That's definitely not the same thing as being wise. There's a whole lot of educated, stupid people out there. Being educated is not the same as being smart. It is the fear, the reverential respect for, and sense of duty toward Yahweh that is the true beginning of all knowledge, of real knowledge, real understanding, and real learning. And um, going back to this verse, let me read it again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So when we look at that, it's contrasting the wise, those who fear and you know have a reverential fear and respect for Yahweh, to a fool. And a fool is someone who does not embrace the reverence and piety for Yahweh. And anybody who does not have, who does not embrace a reverence for and piety for Yahweh can rightly call, be called fools. They are morally deficient and wicked. And this is all people that don't have a reverential respect and fear for Yahweh. They are morally deficient fools. They are wicked fools. They can be nice people. There's a lot of nice wicked fools out there. And there's a lot of nice morally deficient people out there. But they're still morally deficient and wicked. Niceness does not equal good in the kingdom of God. You can be a nice person and not a good person. You can be a good person and not what society would consider a nice person. As uh, Sandy Rios from the American Family Radio Network often, you know, her... Um, her um, intro every day on her radio show, one of the things she says is, we are not called to be nice. And I agree with that. I couldn't agree with that more. We are not called to be nice. And when Christians confuse goodness and niceness, that's a, that's a problem. We are not called to be nice. We are called to be good. And, um, so, uh, that's definitely a distinction that needs to be made. But the, uh, fools talked about here are morally deficient and wicked people who despise, scorn, and deride wisdom, skill, and learning in all things. So, it's not just that they don't hold, that they, uh, Oh, there's actually a bug in here. That's what the cats are after. Get him, guys. I just saw it on the wall. Get it. Good job, kitties. Don't give up until you kill it. But anyway, um, 
A truly foolish person in the biblical sense is one who is not just someone who doesn't believe. It's, but it's someone who doesn't have a respect for God and doesn't have a, a dutiful sense of obedience toward him. But they don't just stop there. This particular kind of fool is someone who then despises, scorns, and derides the wisdom, skill, and learning in all things that comes from a proper fear of God. In Proverbs, this is primarily talking about the understanding of spiritual things. However, this word can also refer to skill in life, trade, and even war. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in all things in life, in all things in trade or work, and even in warfare. The reverence and piety toward Yahweh is truly the foundation for understanding all things. Fools reject this wisdom, and also any attempts at discipline, construction, or correction. They put away any knowledge and teaching that involve correcting their errant behavior. So a fool doesn't have the proper fear of God and if you try to correct their behavior or show them the error of their ways, they put, they put that away. They either run away from it or they mock it in scorn. And in, in doing so, demonstrate just how foolish they really are. So looking at this verse, and I'm going to read it one more time to summarize before we stop today. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you want true knowledge, then you need to have a proper fear of the Lord, of Yahweh, the God of Israel. And if you don't have that, you're a fool. There is no gray area. It's black or white. That's basically what it is. It's, it's light or darkness. You're either in the light and you have a fear of the Lord. Or you are in darkness and you're a fool who despises wisdom and instruction that would correct us. And so that's the message of Proverbs 1-7. And that is what I wanted to share with you today. This is Steve Johnson. This has been the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. And I look forward to being back with you again soon. God bless you.